Hey friends, welcome back to the Deeper Daily Podcast for this 8th day of June. I'm your host, Paul White. Thanks for joining me. Hey, I want to tell you about this weekend. We're going to be in Kenosha, Wisconsin this Saturday and Sunday. June the 10th and June the 11th, we will be at Triumphant Grace Ministries. This is hosted by our dear friends Mark and Valerie Testerman uh, at Triumphant Grace Ministries, located at 6127 Green Bay Road in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, This is a meeting we're going to do Saturday night and Sunday morning, the Saturday evening service. These are Central Times, 6 p.m. Central Time on Saturday and 10 a.m. on Central in 10 a.m. Central Time on Sunday, June 10, 11. That's this weekend. Come see us. We're very excited about being with our friends Mark and Valerie. We've known them for several years. They've been such dear friends, faithful partners with our ministry. Um, They are doing a great work, and we are just thrilled. Natasha and I will be there, and it's going to be a fun weekend. So if you're in the area, Kenosha, Wisconsin, come see us. Uh, We would uh, love to meet you. Tell us you listen to the DDP or you watch our YouTube channel or whatever. Read our books. Just would be a thrill to get to be with all of you. Of course, we record these Grace Encounters and we put them up for you on our website. And speaking of which, we will tell you, we tell you every Saturday what's coming up and we're going to introduce you to the stuff. Starting this weekend, we're going to introduce you to the material that we ministered in Canada last weekend. That's going to take us about a month to work our way through those services. Should be a lot of fun. We'll tell you more in a couple of days. I want to pick up today our journey through the Gospel of Mark, beginning where we ended yesterday. Mark chapter 10, verse 20. The the rich young ruler answered Jesus, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Uh, The first thing I would say is I have a hard time believing this one. Um, we're We're not given background on the guy. I mean, we don't we don't get to take a look at his life, but um, it's hard to believe you could keep all of these from your youth. I would say perhaps if you, the do not commit adultery, yeah, from your youth, you probably did okay with that. Do not murder, yeah, it's doubtful that you murdered. Do not steal, um, that's a tough one to imagine that it never happened. Don't bear false witness, uh, again, probably tough to imagine it never happened. Do not defraud the fact that Jesus, and we said this yesterday, the fact that Jesus pulls this one from Leviticus, drops covetousness and changes it to do not defraud, makes me feel like Jesus drops this one in on purpose. So it's unlikely that this young man has, quote unquote, kept these things from his youth. Now, it's not uncommon for a Jewish man in that era to look at the law and feel as if he has kept it, even though it's obvious he hasn't kept the spirit of it. The spirit of it is, is is for all intents and purposes, the Sermon on the Mount. But even the great apostle Paul would write in Philippians 3, Verse 6, concerning zeal, I persecuted the church. Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Which is an interesting statement from a guy who is on the other side of his encounter with Jesus. But looking back on the way he viewed his life in that day, 
blameless, the righteousness that come through the law. Uh, and of course, this is Paul talking about his earlier time as what we would call Saul, Saul of Tarsus. But we know that Saul broke the spirit of the law. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, if you're angry with your brother without cause, you've murdered him. Um, he admits in the same verse he persecuted the church. So we, or do we assume Paul's just kind of off his rocker or crazy? Well, no, but I think he's making the greater point that his Jewish brothers are making is that you, a chain works righteousness by working the law and that compared to his peers, Paul felt like in his Saul version, he had done it even better. Now, if you read the body of Paul's work, he will, he's, he affirms the fact that you can't actually be righteous by the keeping of the law. So we have a young man who in some ways is a little Saul of Tarsus-like. And so if you ever wanted to know what perhaps it would have been like had Jesus in the flesh prior to his passion encountered an equally young Saul of Tarsus, it might have went something like the rich young ruler, though we don't have any reason to believe that Saul of Tarsus was rich. But concerning the law, blameless, Paul says. So this is the response the young ruler gives. Now, I closed yesterday by saying, what is the response of God to all of our attempts at keeping the law? We tend to think that when we try to keep the law, and this is kind of popular to say in grace circles, is that those of you who, Paul says it this way, those of you who tend to be justified have fallen from grace. And we would then acquiesce to the wrath of God is only for those who fall from grace. We would say the wrath of God only rests when you try to keep the law. But don't start with the phrase, the wrath of God, if you are not going to start with the phrase, the love of God, because the truth is the wrath of God is simply an expression of the love spurned. And we know this not only from reading the epistles, but we know this from Jesus, and we get it in vivid detail right here in verse 21. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. I'm not even going to bother on today's podcast to give you Jesus' response. I just want to give you Jesus' love. We'll get to the response tomorrow. The love meets the young man's attempt to keep the law. So I want you to know this. When you are out here performing for God or thinking you can be right by what you do, God is not fuming at you angry. He looks at you and loves you. Now, he doesn't then change his mind and go, okay, well, he's trying so hard, I'm going to bless him based on his effort. No, but let's not forget that the default position of God is love. Even when he encounters things that go contrary to the inheritance of the kingdom or contrary to the ways of grace, it doesn't tick God off. It elicits the response of love. Tomorrow, we'll see what that loving Jesus says. And we'll see you then. God bless.